0: chapter eleven of the story of ab this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by christine blashford the story of ab by stanley waterloo chapter eleven doings at home those were happy times in the cave where ab developing now into an exceedingly stalwart youth found the long evenings about the fire far from monotonous there was mock the mentor who had grown so fond of him and there was most interesting work to do in making from the dark flint nodules or obsidian fragments always eagerly seized upon when discovered by the cave people in their wanderings the spearheads and rude knives and skin-scrapers so essential to their needs the flint nodule was but a small mass of the stone often somewhat pear-shaped though apparently a solid mass composed of the hardest substance then known it lay in what might be called a series of flakes about a centre and in wise hands these flakes could be chipped or pried away unbroken the flake once one was often slightly concave on the outside and convex on the other but the core of the stone was something more equally balanced in formation and when properly finished made a mighty spearhead For the heavy axes and mallets, other stones, such as we now call granite, redstone or quartos grit, were often used, but in the making of all the weapons was required the exercise of infinite skill and patience. To make the flake symmetrical demanded the nicest perception and judgment of power of stroke, for with each flake gained there resulted a new form to the surface of the stone. The object was always to secure a flake with a point, a strong middle ridge, and sides as nearly edged as possible and in the striking off of these flakes in their finishing others of the cavemen were to old mock as the child is to the man ab hung about the old man at his work and was finally allowed to help him if at first the boy could do nothing else he could with his flint scraper work industriously at the smoothing of the long spear shafts and when he had learned to do well at this he was at last allowed to venture upon the stone chipping especially when into old Mok's possession had come a piece of flint the quality of which he did not quite approve and for the ruining of which in the splitting he cared but little there were disasters innumerable when the boy began, and much bad stone was spoiled, but he had a will and a good eye and hand, and it came, in time, that he could strike off a flake with only a little less of deftness than his teacher, and that, even in the more delicate work of the finer chipping to complete the weapon, he was a workman not to be despised. He had an ambition in it all, and old Mok was satisfied with what he did. The boy was always experimenting, ever trying a new flint chipper or using a third stone to tap delicately the one held in the hand to make the fracture, or wondering aloud why it would not be well to make this flint knife a little thinner, or that spearhead a trifle heavier. He was questioning as he worked, and something of a nuisance with it all, but Old Mock endured with what was, for him, an astonishing degree of patience, and would sometimes comment grumblingly to the effect that the boy could at least chip stone far better than some men." and then the veteran would look at one ear who was notoriously a bad flint worker though a weapon once in his grasp there were few could use it with surer eye or heavier hand and would chuckle as he made the comment as for one ear he listened placidly enough he was glad a son of his could make good weapons so much the better for the family as times went ab was a tolerably good boy to his mother nearly all young cave males were good boys until the time came when their thews and sinews outmatched the strength of those who had borne them and this be it said was at no early age for the woman hunting and working with the man was no maternal weakling whose buffet was unworthy of notice a blow from the cave mother's hand was something to be respected and avoided the use of strength was the general law and the cave woman though she would die for her young yet demanded that her young should obey her until the time came when the maternal instinct of first direction blended with and was finally lost in pride over the force of the being to whom she had given birth so ab had vigorous duties about the household as has been told already red spot was a notable housekeeper and there was such product of the cave cooking as would make happy any gourmand of to-day who could appreciate the quality of what had a most natural flavor regarding her kitchen appliances red spot had a matron's justifiable pride not only was there the wood fire into which held on long pointed sticks could be thrust all sorts of meat for the somewhat smoky broiling and the hot coals and ashes in which could be roasted the clams and the clay-covered fish but there was the place for boiling which only the more fortunate of the cave people owned her growing son had aided much in the attainment of this good housewife's fond desire with much travail involving all the force the cave family could muster and including the assistance of oak's father and of oak himself who rejoiced with ab in the proceedings there had been rolled into the cave a huge sandstone rock with a top which was nearly flat here was to be the great pot sometimes used as a roasting place as well which only the more pretentious of the caves could boast on the middle of the big stone's uppermost surface old mock chipped with an axe the outline of a rude circle some two feet in diameter this defined roughly the size of the kettle to be made inside the circle the sandstone must be dug out to a big kettle's proper depth and upon the boy ab must evolve most of this healthful but not over-attractive labor the boy went at the task gallantly in the beginning and pecked away with a stone chisel and gained a most respectable hollow within a day or two but his enthusiasm subsided with the continuity of much effort with small result he wanted more weight to his chisel of flint set firmly in reindeer's horn and a greater impact to the blows into which could not be put the force resulting from a swing of arm he thought much then he secured a long stick and bound his chisel strongly to it at one end, the top of the chisel resting against a projecting stub of limb so that it could not be driven upward. To the other end of the stick he bound a stone of some pounds in weight and then holding the shaft with both hands, lifted it and let the hole drop into the depression he had already made. The flint chisel bit deeply under the heavy impact and the days were few before Ab had dug in the sandstone rock a cavity which would hold much meat and water there was an unconscious celebration when the big kettle was completed it was nearly filled with water and into the water were flung great chunks of the meat of a reindeer killed that day meanwhile the cave fire had been replenished with dry wood and there had been formed a wide bed of coals upon which were cast numerous stones of moderate size which soon attained a shining heat a sort of tongs made of green withes served to remove the stones one after another from the mass of coal and drop them in with the meat and water within a little time the water was fairly boiling and soon there was a monster stew giving forth rich odours and ready to be eaten and it was not allowed to get over-cool after that summoning fragrance had once extended throughout the cave there was a rush for the clamshells which served for soup dishes or cups there was spearing with sharpened sticks for pieces of the boiled meat and all were satisfied though there was shrill complaint from bark whose turn at the kettle came late and much clamour from chubby Beechleaf, who was not yet tall enough to help herself but who was cared for by the mother it may be that to some people of to-day the stew would be counted lacking in quality of seasoning but an opinion upon seasoning depends largely upon the stomach and the time and besides it may be that the dirt clinging to the stones cast into the water gave a certain flavour as fine in its way as could be imparted by salt and pepper old mark observing silently had decidedly approved of ab's device for easier digging into sandstone than was the old manner of pecking away with a chisel held in the hand he was almost disposed now to admit the big lad to something like a plane of equality in the work they did together he became more affable in their converse and the youth was in the same degree delighted and ambitious they experimented with the stick and weight and chisel in accomplishing the difficult work of splitting from boulders the larger fragments of stone from which weapons were to be made and learned that by heavy steady pressure of the breast thus augmented by heavy weight they could fracture more evenly than by blow of stone axe or hammer they learned that two could work together in stone chipping and do better work than one old Mok would hold the forming weapon head in one hand and the horn hafted chisel in another pressing the blade close against the stone and at just such angle as would secure the result he sought while ab advised as to the force of each succeeding stroke tapped lightly upon the chisel's head Woe was it for the boy if once he missed his stroke and caught the old man's fingers. Very delicate became the chipping done by these two artists, and excellent beyond any before made were the axes and spearheads produced by what, in modern times, would have been known under the title of Old Mock and Co at this time too ab took lessons in making all the varied articles of elk or reindeer horn and the drinking cups from the horns of eurus and aurochs Oldmok even went so far as to attempt teaching the youth something of carving figures upon tusks and shoulder-blades but in this art ab never greatly excelled he was too much a creature of action the bone needles used by redspot in making skin garments he could form readily enough and he made whistles for bark and beech leaf but his inclinations were all toward larger things to become a fighter and a hunter remained his chief ambition rather keen with light snows but nipping airs were the winters of this country of the cavemen and there were articles of food essential to variety which were necessarily stored before the cold season came there were roots which were edible and which could be dried and there were nuts in abundance beyond all need beechnuts and acorns were gathered in the autumn The children at this time earning fully the right of home and food and the stores were heaped in granaries dug into the cave sides should the snow at any time fall too deeply for hunting though such an occurrence was very rare or should any other cause such for instance as the appearance of the great cave tiger in the region make the game scarce and hunting perilous there was the recourse of nuts and roots and no danger of starvation there was no fear of suffering from thirst man early learned to carry water in a pouch of skin and there were sometimes made rock cavities after the manner of the cave kettle where water could be stored for an emergency besieging wild beasts could embarrass but could not greatly alarm the family for with store of wood and food and water the besieged could wait and it was not well for the flesh-seeking quadruped to approach within a long spear thrust's length of the cavern's narrow entrance the winter following the establishment of ab's real companionship with old mock as it chanced was not a hard one there fell snow enough for tracking but not so deeply as to incommode the hunter there had been a wonderful fall in the autumn and the cave was stored with such quantity of this food that there was no chance of real privation the ice was clean upon the river and through the holes hacked with stone axes fish were dragged forth in abundance upon the rude bone and stone hooks which served their purpose far better than when in summer time the line was longer and the fish escaped so often from the barbless implements it was a great season in all that made a cave family's life something easy and complacent and vastly promotive of the social amenities and the advancement of art and literature that is they were not compelled to make any sudden raid on others to assure the means of subsistence and there was time for the carving of bones and the telling of strange stories of the past the elders declared it one of the finest winters they had ever known and so old mock and ab worked well that winter and the youth acquired such wisdom that his casual advice to oak when the two were out together was something worth listening to because of its confidence and ponderosity concerning flint scraper drill spearhead axe or bone or wooden haft there was his talk would indicate practically nothing for the boy to learn that was his own opinion though as he grew older he learned to modify it greatly with his adviser he had made good weapons and some improvements yet all this was nothing it was destined that an accidental discovery should be his the effect of which would be to change the caveman's rank among living things but the youth just now was greatly content with himself he was older and more modest when he made his great discovery It was when the fire blazed out at night, when all had fled, when the tired people lay about resting but not ready yet for sleep, and the story of the day's events was given, that Old Mock's ordinarily still tongue would sometimes loosen, and he would tell of what happened when he was a boy, or of the strange tales which had been told him of the time long past, the times when the shell and cave people were one, times when there were monstrous things abroad and life was hard to keep. To all these legends the hearers listened wonderingly, and upon them afterward Ab and Oak would sometimes speculate together and question as to their truth. End of chapter 11